Welcome back for another week. We will be learning Shmuel Aleph Perak Tet Zion, Le'ilo Yenishmat Rivka Bat Yaakov Alevi, Lucy Maya, and Rina D. Our full year sponsors, Naomi Nitzi Halander for a complete refuel for all Cholim and specifically Meir Shoshana Bat Sarah Rivka. Uh, Michelle and Gary Friedman in memory of Hannah Malka Bat David and Rafua Shlema for Rachel Merrill Hinda Bat Miriam Rivka. Uh, our half-year sponsor, Refuah Shlema from Menucha Tova, Bat Shoshana Chava Devora. Our Spotify sponsor, Refuah Shlema for all those injured in Eretz Yisrael. And, of course, we continue to learn for Refuah Shlema for Yedid Yechayim ben Avi Rivka Chaya, Brach Vigal Bas Rachel Gita, Tila Batya, Bat Chaya Tova, Shimon ben Elka, and Shaduchim for all those in need. We find ourselves at the beginning of Perek Tetzayin, where the story is shifting. Shal is done. Now, we're not ready to say goodbye to Shaul yet. There's still much that will happen in Shaul's life that we will learn about. But the transition from Shaul to David is going to happen in this week's Perek. And Pasuk Aleph starts off, God says to Shmuel, until when are you going to be mitabel? Until when are you going to mourn El Shaul? Says the Marikra, it doesn't mean El to Shaul, but about Shaul. How long are you going to cry about Shaul? I hate him. He's detested, detestable, disgusting in my eyes. I'm not interested in him being the king anymore. Fill up your pitch, your keren, your keren, your horn with oil. And go. I'm going to send you to the house of Yishai in Beit Lechem. As I see in his sons, one of them will be my king. There are so many interesting things to point out in our psukim. The first one is that Mikra points out that it says here, fill the Karen with Shemen. When Shaul is appointed as king, it doesn't say Karen, it says a Pach. What's the difference between a Karen and a Pach? A Karen is literally a chauffeur horn. In fact, if you want, you can go on Amazon and you can buy, there are multiple sites, some Jewish, some not, where you can buy a shofar that actually holds oil inside it. That's a picture on the screen of one that you can buy. That's a Karen. This Karen was a special one. Most of the Mepharshim point out that this Karen was one that was sitting in the Oel Moed. It was being held onto for this momentous occasion with the king the king of B'nai Yisrael from the Davidic dynasty would be anointed. And subsequent kings would also be anointed with this Karen Shemin. Masha'in came by Shaul. Shaul was uh, was anointed with a Pach Shemin. Pach Shemin sounds more like the Hanukkah story. It's a, a pitcher of oil. Okay. What exactly is going on in this Pasuk? And what is Hashem's message? To, Sha- to to Shmuel. So that I think the Malbim beautifully explains the difference. He says, Admataya Tamitabel. Yomar Havelut Hamatmid, yeah, oh, but we're Godel Malah Davar Nevaratzmo. There's two reasons a person could be in mourning. The first one is that you realize that this person that you lost was a Godel. So Hashem says, So he says, I I hate I, I hate him. I'm not interested in being the king. So what happens is Sh- Shmuel is told by God, the person that you wanted to be king, you don't have to mourn over him. 
There's no loss because I don't believe that he is the person to rule. And then, The other reason to mourn would be, I don't have anything to replace it. Chalilo, when a person loses a parent, it's the most horrific feeling. Why? Because ain tmurato. You can never replace your parents. So what is it? He says, you can't, you're, you would be mitabel, you would be mourning on the loss of Shaul. Why? For the simple reason that there's no one to replace him. He says, for that reason, I want you to fill up your, your karen, your horn. I know that Yishai has a son, and Yishai's son is going to be the king. Malvim explains what's the difference. What's the difference between a pach and a karen? He says, karen is everlasting. Pach is not. The people wanted a king. That's why Shaul was the king. It was someone that the people would look up to, literally and figuratively. Wow! This is our king. This king was a king that was going to sit on the throne of God, and God would want him. Not just that he was popular amongst the people. At the beginning of the uh, Sefer Shmuel, when we kind of went through very quickly, not completely, the the uh, the song of Chana, Shiras Chana, the Pasuk is Rama Karni Bahashem, that it's uplifted through the horn. Shmuel is going to uplift Am Yisrael through anointing a king. But how does he uplift them? And how does he do it? Through the Karen and not the Pach. It's the action of his Karen that speaks far louder than the Pach. David is going to be David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayam, generational forever. Shaul was one and almost done. His son's going to be it a little bit. And so that is what happens in Pasuk Aleph. What happens as we continue is Pasuk Bet. Vayomer Shmuel. Shmuel says, Eich, Eilech, how can I go? Shema Shaul Veragani. Shaul's going to hear me, hear about this. He's going to kill me. Vayomer Hashem, Eglat Bakar Tikach Biyadecha. Amar Tulizboach L'Shem Bati. So Hashem says to him, no, no, you don't have to worry. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take I want you to take with you an eglat bakar, a uh, a um, a calf, and you're going to uh, to say if anybody asks you why are you here, you're going to say, "Oh, the reason I'm here is in order to bring a carbon Hashem." And people won't think that that's so weird. Das Mikra points out, how is that an excuse? How does that work? So he says, "I'll tell you how. It makes perfect sense." Shmuel's entire way of leading. Was he went on? He went in in these circuitous journeys throughout the land of Israel. He would stop in in a place, would stop in a city, and he would inspire the people. How do you inspire the people? The best way I heard this from Rabbi Effie Buchwald years ago when I was in graduate school. He said, "You know, people spend lots and lots of money trying to be makar of Jews, fly for free to Israel, all kinds of different things." He said, "It doesn't cost more than a couple dollars. You invite someone to your house, you give them a bowl of chalent, piece of schnitzel." 
of course, potato kogel. And when you do all that, what happens is the person is like, wow, it's amazing. You can, the, the way the person's mind is often through the stomach. It's true. So the idea, the idea that says that that mikra is, he has to go around and inspire the people. How do you inspire the people? You bring a carbon. He brings an animal. It doesn't cost me anything. I say, ah, shalom aleichem, people of town A, let's talk. I want to explain to you the beauty of God. Oh, wait, hold on. We, we're sitting. We might as well eat. What are we going to eat? Ah, brought this egg. I brought this calf. Really good steaks. Good meat. People eat. Other people smell it. It's wafting through the air. And then what happens? People are like, maybe I'll come to that class also. People are inspired. That is how he gets away with it. Okay. So even though Shmuel was at the end of his life, the end of his career, he had hung up his shoes. He was no longer traveling quite as much. Nonetheless, it wasn't so crazy for him to, to make one of these trips. And people wouldn't think, oh, he's up to something nefarious against Shaul. Abar Benel says, why is Shmuel reluctant to go? It's a good question to try to understand. He says, he says, you know what happened? He was a little bit concerned. He says, I, I, I'm prepared to replace Shaul, but not in his lifetime. Why can't we wait till he dies? And not only that, it hurts him because Shaul was his, uh, his, um, his protege. So for someone to lose their protege and to replace them, that's really hard. So he says, He says, how can I go? If I go, what's going to happen? Shaul's going to hear and he's going to kill me. And the truth is, Shaul wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to kill the Yosef. He had a respect for Shmuel that was so deep. How is he going to kill him? He, he was trying to push off, prevent himself from having to go. God knows people's intentions, and nonetheless, the Nevi'im, what do they do? They come up with reasons why I don't want this job. Don't, don't pick me, pick someone else. He said, listen, Moshe didn't want the job. So what does Moshe do? He can't say, I don't want to do it. God's going to watch that. God's going to say to him, I'm telling you that you have to do it. So he says, what's the purpose of me going? He's not going to listen. Shmuel says, what's the purpose of me going? Shmuel's going to kill me. Therefore, God says, take an animal. And the Abarabadel has his own approach as to why the animal. We're gonna, I'm going to share with you a different answer. But Radak first says, why is he reluctant to go? He says, listen, even though, really, People don't have to, um, people believe in Hashem. He believes in Hashem, 100%. Nonetheless, I believe in Hashem, but I don't have to put myself in, an, in, in, in a dangerous situation. He does not want to endanger himself. Not crazy. 
It makes perfect sense. So Hashem promises him he's going to be okay. But he's not. Nah, I don't want to do it. You don't put yourself in a place of danger um, if you don't have to. And that's what Yaakov Avinu does also. He he goes and says, well, like, why am I coming back here? I'm afraid. So the so Hashem does not give it, tell him off, says the Chovos Halavavos. And Sharabi Tachon, the Chovos Halavavos says, Hashem doesn't reprimand him, re- reprimand him for being scared. It's actually normal. People should be scared. Rather, what Hashem says is, I'm advising you how to stay safe. These are things you should do so that you stay safe. Pasuk Kimmel. The Karata Li Bezava. Now, once you have this animal, what are you used to do? I want you to call Yishai. I want you to call Yishai for a carbon. And he says, and what do I want you to do? You're going to uh, follow what I what I tell you to do, and you're going to anoint who I tell you to anoint. Now, why is he so secretive? Why why can't he just tell him this is the plan? The plan is you're going to see the sons, and you're going to choose this son over that son. Why is it so secretive? So Bazak says this whole story is done in such a way it's to demonstrate that it's divine and it's not rational. We whereas you can make the case that Shaul was chosen. For all the reasons that he makes sense, he's a leader, he looks good, he's appealing to the people, he or not. Everything is done in a secretive way to make it clear that it is the Ratzon of Hashem that this should be the king. Now, if you like this picture, you should just know, Wayfair sells this picture for $79.99. I don't know why anybody would want to buy it, but it is the, uh, it's Shmuel trying to select one of the sons of Yishai to be the king. Okay. So let's let's continue with this just a little bit to try to understand. So Pasuk Dalid, So Shmuel does what he's told to do and he ends up in Beit Lechem. The people of the city are trembling. They're terrified. And they say to him, is everything okay? Why are you here? This is already after Shmuel has be, has stopped traveling. So even though, yes, it's, he makes a good point, nobody's terrified that he's there, or nobody should be terrified. If you're like, what, what's going on that you ended up in Beit Lechem? Says the Malbim, it's more than just that he he shows up. The fact that he shows up is not a big deal, but he shows up with an egel, an egla. Where else do we have an egla? We have the mitzvah of egla rufa. What is the mitzvah of egla rufa? Egla rufa is that someone dies. And you don't know who killed him. But he dies, he's found in the open, in a wide open place. So what happens is Beisden will measure to the nearest city and they'll determine that that city is responsible. They bring an Egla Arufa. They kill an Egel, a calf. And all of the elders of the city say, it's not our fault, we did not do this. Says the Malbim, that's exactly what happened. When he shows up, with this Egel, they're all like, oh my God, who died? What happened? Is this our fault? What can we do to fix it? And then his answer is, Shalom, Boecha. No, no. Lo bata adam anishpach, let's go to your. I happen to brought an Egel. The Revigal Ariel points out something even more. The Egel is meant to rebuke Shmuel. Why do you mourn Shmuel? But to Shaul, why are you mourning Shaul? Shaul took all these fine animals, including an Egel from Amalek. Move on. 
But perhaps there's another piece also. If you remember last week, we said Vayarev Banachal. There is an argument in the Nachal. And the Medrash says that the Vayarev, the debate, the argument was actually an internal debate within Shaul's head. Shaul says, I don't understand. There is a mitzvah of, exactly, Egla Rufa. If one person dies, all of us are responsible. We're about to wipe out an entire nation. It seems as though this Egla Rufa message is woven within the story in these two places. It's to say that there has to be sometimes, sometimes your thoughts, not exactly correct. Fayarav Benachel, don't have this debate in your head. It's right, it's wrong. God says so. And Shmuel is being told the same thing. I told you, move on. He is no longer worthy of being the king. Vayomer Shalom. So he says, everything is fine. I came to bring a korban to God. Come and join me in this korban. And so what happens? He he says, get ready. And Yishai and his sons, he, he get, sanctifies Yishai and his sons. He calls them for this carbon. What does it mean to prepare? What does it mean, Vayikadesh? So most of the Mepharshim point out, it's he's Hazmana. The same way that we got ready for Sinai three days. You're Mekadesh yourself, you sanctify yourself. Changing your clothing, bathing, things to be ready for this big event. Now, the important question that I think we have to just wonder is, from the perspective of Yishai's family, what do you think is going on here? Now, we know because we have been privy to the conversation between God and Shmuel, telling him to anoint a successor to Shaul, but they don't know this. So as far as I can tell, when they sit down to this carbon, and Shmuel is going to size up the kids, this is so, so done, beautifully done in Wayfarer's picture on the screen. When he's doing that, what is essentially, they think we're having a carbon. And he says, well, while we're eating the carbon, I'm going to try to determine who it is that should be the son that of yours, Yishai, that's going to become the king. Fahibivoam, he arrives. Vayaret Eliav. He sees Eliav. Vayomer, and he said, and, and Hashem says him, Ach neger Hashem Meshicho. Sorry, he says, it's Shmuel that says, Ach neger Hashem Meshicho. This one, he's the one. I think he be'emet. He says, Billy Bo. In his heart, he says, this is the kid that's going to be the king. That is what's going on. Now, Marie Cross says, why? What is it that tips him off that he thinks this is the one? Ra'ahu, yafemare, begova, koma, kenshol. He sees, he's, he's, he's handsome. He's tall. He's elegant. He's royal. He's regal. That's what he sees in him. But this all happens in his heart. The kids are like, I don't know. Shmuel's looking at us. But Shmuel's like, Eliav is the man. He's going to be the one. Pasuk Zion. As we read Pasuk Zion, it's important to look if you can see in the Pasuk of Milamancha. Is there a guiding word that sort of is trying to tell us something in the Pasuk? God says to him, don't look at his appearance or his height. I don't like him. 
We have the same exact language in Pasuk Aleph. It's not as things appear to man, but rather it's as things appear to God. Man sees eye, sees through his eyes, but God sees in the heart. I can see someone and say, okay, the person looks like they will be X, Y, and Z. But the, the skill of God is Hashem Hashem sees their, their essence. Lahavdil, many, many, many have the load. But when, when a person is, uh, is scouting a sports player with the prospect that this person is going to be a generational talent, they look at the player and sometimes there's two choices. They're very similar. And when you look, Hadam Nayim, the person sees externally, they're both gifted. These are their statistics. The gifted scout is the one that is not able to only see Lainayim, but Lalevav, to see the essence of a person. Is he a hard worker? Does he have integrity? Those are the pieces that often are what change a person. God is saying that, yes, you might have that agent, that that uh, talent scout that can do that. But on a, on a level like this, to be able to know the etzem, who is a good person or not, that is a godly trait, not yours. And so it turns out that Shmuel, Shmuel is incredibly quick to make that determination, but he is wrong. Says Rebezak, the Milam Anchan, our Pasuk, our Pasuk is Ra'ah. It's Ra'ah, to see. He sees. Why is it? The constant use, use of the word Shoresh, the constant use of the Shoresh Ra'ah in both this story and the Akedah, also with both of them saying, take your, take a son, take a heifer, going to do what I tell you without getting any information. Hashem provides the lamb. Hashem's going to provide a king. And now in our Pasuk, the, the phrase, Hashem Yir'eh, only twice in Tanakh. So the stories seem to have a very, very strong similarity, but there is a big difference. The big difference is that, says Rabbi Zak, is that Avram embraces this challenge. The Akedah, no problem. Go and bring a carbon of my son. It's hard, I'll do it. Shmuel tries to get out of the mission. Avraham not. So now, what's next? By Yishai Yishayel Avinadav, Yishai calls Avinadav, the second son, by Yavi Reilufnei Shmuel. He brings him before Shmuel. By Yomar Gamazel Obachar Hashem. He says again, Shmuel says, God didn't choose him. Now maybe perhaps this is also in his heart. Vayaver Yishai Shama. Yishai brings his third son, named Shama. Vayomer Gamazelu Bachar Hashem. No, this is not it either. Vayaver Yishai. Yishai brings Shivat Banav Luznei Shmuel. Seven sons before Shmuel. Vayomer Shmuel Yishai Lo Bachar Hashem Ba'ele. God did not choose any of these. Now, could you imagine if you're Shmuel, how embarrassing this is? You're supposed to be the Navi Hashem. You're supposed to see things, and yet you're having no success in this. Now, perhaps... Part of the reason for this, and Rashi specifically says it in Pasuk Zion, the reason why he's forced to admit that he doesn't see the way anybody else, the way Hashem sees, is when he met Shmuel back in Paraktet, he says to him, Anochi haroeh, I am the roeh, I am the seer. And so, Kanani now you're going to have to, you're going to be forced to admit that you don't know, you don't see everything. You overstepped there, and now you are punished for it. So, Shmuel says to Yishai, Do 
Do you have any more kids? Vayomer, oh, Charakatan. We still have one more. The baby. He's out tending to the sheep. al points out why. Someone had to take care of the sheep. He had eight sons. Seven of them are at the party with the Zevach. Someone's got to still take care of the sheep. So they left David for that. The al points out that he volunteered, actually. David says, I volunteer to be tribute. I'll be the one to stay back. And we see something about him, that he has a willingness, a humility to him, to help rather than being in the spotlight. We know that many of the great leaders of the Jewish people are shepherds. Moshe Rabbeinu comes to, to, comes to mind also. It's a humility and a care and concern for the animals over oneself. It is David that so fit, perfectly fits that role. He says, go send for him. Send one of your other sons. Send the messenger to get him. I won't leave until I meet him. And then, Pasuk, you would bet. This is the grand entrance. This is our introduction to David. What do we know about David? They sent it for him. He is red. Those of you looking at the screen will notice. Admoni is red. The word is red. Where else do we have Admoni in Tanakh? We have Esav. When Esav was born, we're told that he is an Admoni. What is Admoni? It's red or ruddy. He comes out red. But he also is, he has beautiful eyes and he's very good looking. There is a pause in our in our text. There's a break. If you have a real Tanakh, you'll see. There is a, a, a break in the text and then what happens? Vayomer Hashem, God says, Kum kizehu. God says, choose him. He's the one. What's going on here? So there's a couple of possibilities. The first possibility is that Shmuel looks at him and says, he's an Admoni. But Admoni is Esau. And we do know that the Gemara tells us that an Admoni, someone who, is, uh, who has this ruddy reddish complexion, they are likely to be a murderer. Dr. Rose, Professor Rosenzweig and the Malbim both suggest the following. He says, I'm going to prove to you the same thing as Eliav. He is prepared to murder. He has a good disposition to him. He's got a good personality, good nature. Which one is it? Professor Rosenzweig says it like this. She says, there is a dialectic in David HaMelech. He can be king. Can he be king as an Admoni? He's ace of like. But on the other hand, he has these penetrating, beautiful eyes. The eyes are often are often the window into a person's soul. I think I told this story once, but uh, there was a uh, a principal search in a school I was working in many, many, many years ago, and they brought a candidate in. And a colleague of mine looked at me at lunchtime. We were both serving lunch that day. And he looks at me and he says, this guy would be a terrible candidate. So why? I actually happened to know him a little bit. So why do you think he's a terrible candidate? He says, because I can tell from his eyes that he's a mean person. 
person didn't get the job, ended up getting a job somewhere else. I don't know if he was successful, not successful there, but the eyes are sometimes a window into a person's soul. Says Dr. says Professor Rosenzweig, he couldn't understand which one is it. Is he Asav or is he Yaakov? That's one possibility of what's going on here. Rebazak suggests something very, very interesting. He says, look, what do we know about him? He's the eighth son. There's no one left. God promised him that one of the sons would be it. Before he showed up, by virtue of the fact that the previous seven sons were rejected, automatically, he's got to be the one. He's going to be the king. So why is it that he pauses? Why is it that Shmuel doesn't anoint him the king? He learned. He passes the test. God said, it's not what you think. This king, remember, Bazak said this king was going to be divinely chosen. Shmuel says, I know that this is the right one, but I'm going to wait for you. He pauses, he passes the test, and God declares he is the one. Kum meshacheyu kizehu. He is the one. Pasa Yud Gemol, Vaikach Shmuel, Karen Hashemen. He takes out the horn of oil. What does he do? He anoints him He anoints him in front of his brothers. And the Spirit of God overwhelms, it overcomes David from this day onward. Shmuel gets up and goes home to Ramah. So much. There's so much going on in this Pasuk. So first off, how does this happen? The, the anointing, is it done in front of the brothers or not? So if you look at the picture that's up on the screen, you see that Shmuel, the old man, is with David, the young boy, and the brothers are off to the side. There are other art pictures, other artwork that's done where the brothers are actually right there. The Wayfair picture, they're much more, much closer. And then there are other pictures where he's all by himself. Says the Abar Benel, doesn't mean that his brothers are there to see it. He chose him from amongst the brothers, separated him from them. He does it just David. They don't know what happens. After he gets the anointment, he's a new person. He's not the same person. But the Abar Benel makes the point that the brothers by have no idea. In fact, it's possible that no one other than David and Shmuel know this secret. God's spirit overcomes him. So Rashi says, what does that mean? Rashi says, Ruach Gevura. He becomes a warrior. Says the Radak now, it's the Ruach of Nevuah. Now, we know from Shoftim that there are times, let's say by Shimshon, that the Spirit of God overcomes him. And we know that when it comes to uh, to, to Shimshon, he is not necessarily the uh, the most righteous of people. And it's not clear that he has Nevuah. So which one is it? It's a good question. The Pasuk ends off by telling us that Shmuel gets up and he goes to Ramah. There's a couple things that are important to point out here. Number one, Shmuel gets up and goes. Uh, by Avram, it says, 
Another similarity to the Akedah. He gets up also and he goes somewhere. But I think the most important piece of this whole thing is that there's less emotional than by Shaul. There's no kiss. There's no private talking. He's done and leaves. Shmuel is not going to invest himself in Shaul and David the same way emotionally like he did with his previous protege with Shaul. To end off this uh, part of the parak, and then we'll continue with the second part, just uh, an interesting note. Here, we're told that he has seven sons, and then there's David, which would mean seven plus one is eight. If you look at Divrei Ayamim, Divrei Ayamim only has seven sons listed. question is why. Many, many, many different possible answers are given. One answer is that one of his one of the sons didn't have children of, of Yishai, so he doesn't really count. There's no future from him. Another possibility is that one of them died, also not mentioned. But here's an interesting one, and we'll we'll talk about this a lot more when we get to Sefer Malachim. But for now, you have to understand that Shmu that the the book of Divrei Ayamim, in contrast to Neviim Rishonim, which is where we're putting our focus on, in Neviim Rishonim we tell the story. In Divrei Ayamim, it was written in the times of Ezra Nehemiah to remind everybody that Malchus based David, the kingdom of David, was something special. So everything that we're going to do is intended to make it something special. In Divrei Ayamim, we're going to talk about David with the number seven. There's a magical, mystical concept behind seven, that seven is something really great. To have him listed as seven sounds better than having him listed as eight. Okay, we find ourselves moving to the second part of the Perek. Okay, it's about nine more psukim. We'll probably do it pretty quickly, but important part to note. Ruach Hashem Sarah this the spirit of God had left Shaul already happening. It's important to note the diktuk, it's in past perfect. This happened already. It occurred before David was anointed. Why? Because if you look at the picture of the beautiful sunset, the way we view um, the Jewish leadership is that one sun sets and then the other rises. We don't have two leaders at the same time. So Moshe Rabbeinu, at the very end of his life, he lost his power so Yoshua could take over. Shmuel only took over after Eli lost a lot of his glory. Same thing here. The Ruach of Hashem leaves him and this Ruach Ra'ah, this bad Ruach replaces him. And it, it bothers him, it terrifies him. Okay, what's going on here? So Bazak points out that once someone has experienced Nevuah and then Hashem leaves them, that absence creates a Ruach, creates a Ruach Ra'ah. It's a bad feeling in them. Now, Ravigal points out in Ruach Ra'ah, He was still able to be a king. Call yourself the Shaimlo, the Otsimach Rebel Melchamah Plishim. They all listen to him. They all go to battle to Plishim. Or Mirdavachar David. Ish Eino Choshev Shemel Chole. Nobody thought he was sick. Ish Eino Malal Datola Kum Velocho Shemel Meshuga. And nobody thought to whisper, "Whoa, the king is crazy." So there is a sickness to him, but it's not something that anybody picks up on. Now the question is, what is this evil spirit? What are we supposed to do with it? Um. So I want to suggest the following. 
It's a question of why is it that people stick around? Athletes stay beyond their prime. Picture on the screen is Michael Jordan when he played for Washington back when they were the Bullets, not the Wizards. And then it was politically incorrect to say that D.C. is a place of Bullets, so it was a place of Wizards. Michael Jordan, by sticking around too long, a little bit is tainted, a little bit is tarnished. Yes, he was amazing, but why did he have to play those extra couple seasons? People are like, whatever. And it it it, was, it makes you wonder when Tennyson says it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all, if that's really true. Meaning when you when you had greatness, it's hard to step away from it. So you don't step away in time. Perhaps when if you're if you're never great at all, it's not painful. You don't know what you're missing. I think that there's a piece of that here. Shaul does not Shaul knows what he was, and therefore he knows what he's missing. And it is so incredibly painful. It is so incredibly difficult for him to manage and to deal with. So, so the, the servants of Shaul say to him, listen, it's clear that the spirit of God, this bad spirit of God is bothering you. It's terrifying you. So they say to him, listen, we have a plan. We want, you to, we want you to think about the following. Get yourself, hire for yourself a person that could play the kinor, could play the harp. And when he plays the harp, it's going to make you feel better. That's what they say. You'll feel better. The music will, will soothe you and you won't be bothered the same way. So they, they tell it to him, but they can't actually force him, says Das Mikra. So what they do is they gently push the advice, hoping he'll actually listen to them. If you know of someone who fits this bill, a good, a good player of a harp, hire him, bring him to me. And one of the, the men say the following. One of his young men, you know, I know this guy. Yishai has a son from Beit Lechem who knows how to play. And he's he's a warrior. He's a man of, of battle. He's smart. He's, he's handsome and God is with him. Now you have to wonder, why doesn't Shaul worry about David? That's a pretty good thing. That's a pretty good amount of stuff. If you're, if you know that your friend who is better than you is going to take over, then hearing that is probably pretty scary. So why is it that he's like doesn't like it doesn't tip him off to that? Because we hear what we want to hear. What does he hear? He hears he's Yodena again. He knows how to play. This is great. Bring him. Interesting. The word Yevakshu. We have tw- two other times in Tanakh Yevakshu. We have someone with a problem, and we say Yevakshu. The fix to the problem is. Seek out someone. We have it by David himself at the end of his life. David is cold. They say, seek out a sochein, someone who will lay with him, not a wife, but just the body heat will warm him. And then we also have by Achashverosh. Achashverosh has no wife because he killed his previous wife. Yivakshu, they say, let's find for the king someone. Um, in both cases, um, we we seem to have their problems fixed with the word Yivakshu. We'll come back maybe a little bit later 
to the connection between these three stories. But the idea behind the harp is one possibility is that it will actually bring Nevoah back to him. Another possibility is it'll just relax him. Now, it's important to know that earlier in Shaul's career, when he had Nevoah, there was music playing. Perhaps it's what they're really hoping for, the idea that they'll be able to bring Nevoah back to him. So Shaul sends a message to his to Yishai and says, send me David, your, your son, who's out in the sheep. All he hears is that he's a shepherd. Oh, interestingly, you don't really see that in the puzzle. That's not one of his characteristics. But that is what he, that's what he, he says. Now, the Ralbag says the reason why we need this whole long-winded thing to talk about how amazing he is, is to tell us that what? He's worthy to be in the king's palace. But Shaul doesn't view him as competition because he says he's simply a shepherd. Yishai sends him with a donkey laden with wine and bread and, uh, and, and, a, and a young goat, which is similar to the things that the three men have along the way at the beginning of Shaul's career. Interesting. He sends it to Shaul. David comes to Shaul, Shaul loves him, and he makes him into his harp player, right? No. He makes him into his Nosei Lim. He's the one that plays music. Why? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, Nosei Lim not plays music. He's the one that holds his, uh, holds his weapons. Why? Rebazak suggests that perhaps it's his, his, it's his interview. I'm about to bring you into my most intimate place. You are going to be the one that's going to be next to me when I am in my worst position. Yevakshu, the king, Achashverosh, Shaul, the Yevakshu is someone who is going to see the king in his most intimate setting. This, this queen is going to be the wife of, of Achashverosh. The Sochenet, Avishag, is going to lay with the king to keep him warm in bed. Shaul is seeking someone who is going to be able to fix him in his most awful moments. He says, I can. I need someone that I know I can truly trust. He says, what am I going to make you do? You'll carry my weapons. Let me see if you're trustworthy. He passes with flying colors. And what happens? Shaul says to Yishai, listen, please let him stay here. The second time it's a much softer, sweeter tone. Why? Because he says, I need your son to stay with me permanently as he's going to be the one that will tend to me in my most difficult times and I'm my truest self. In his most difficult moments, he would play the harp. It would take away from him, it would be good, and it would take away the Ruach Ra'ah. I want to end with two things. First of all, we, we must note closing of the circle, the stuff in the beginning of Shaul's career, the, the food and the music, close the circle at the end. I think that that's an important piece to note. A very, very important thing. But also, if Yigal points out, that David enters into the fray organically. First he gets closer to the king, and then he proves himself worthy of being the future king to the people. And it's only at that point when he starts acting kingly, he starts doing all these royal things, 
is at that point that he is now perceived by Shaul even as a threat. And once that happens, he is no longer something that could be taken lightly. But for now, he's simply a shepherd from the sons of Yishai. I want to end just with one simple question. Why music? Why the harp? Why does it help one become a Navi? Why does that help one in these tough situations? Beautiful idea that music is the key to happiness. There are so many times where words cannot properly express how a person feels. But if you put words to music, it's called a song. And a song is able to really express the depths of one's soul. Music is able to get one to a place of happiness. So important. Shaul was hoping that this place of happiness that was inside him, that he knew existed, could be rekindled so that he had the opportunity to be this great person that he was intended to be. Interestingly, David is a shepherd. David is a king. David is a writer of Tehillim. David is a musician. When the city of David decided to choose their logo, they chose the harp of David Melech. Perhaps it's because the very depth of a person is achieved through music. David is able to write all these amazing prakim of Tehillim from the simple place of his soul because it's the music. The music he probably developed outside, all alone, while shepherding. That's the music that creates happiness and it reveals who he truly is. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us. Keep walking in the ways of the prophets.